Hello, hello. You're listening to the Israel Victory Podcast, a project of the Middle East Forum in Israel together with Galei Israel. We're in the studios of the beautiful studios of Galei Israel in Jerusalem, Israel. I'm Daniel Seaman. I'm the director of the Middle East Forum in Israel. I'm filling in today for our host, Josh Haston, who is away on interesting things. With me today, our technician, I want to thank him in advance, Amitai Lutfi, is doing the show for us and making this possible. Our regulars on the panel here are my colleague at the Middle East Forum, Rachel Tuitu. Hey. Hi. And Daniela Trobe. 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 Trobe, It's yeah. Traub in English. Trobe. <laughs> An author and a poet and my former partner in a radio station and an Israeli radio program. And she's also an Israeli high-tech professional who's giving us those insights as well. Joining us today is Alex Slesky. He's the director general of the World Israel Beiteno Party. And also... Movement. Movement. Okay, and also an advisor to us at the Middle East Forum. Um, the show today is quite interesting because I'm sure everybody's following the po politics here in Israel. What is going on? What is happening? We will be talking and trying to give you some insights on the political situation as much as we can, actually. Um, we'll also be talking about Gaza and Israel. Is there a policy or a lack of policy of the state of Israel? Um, we'll be questioning, have the pro-Palestinian activists done any good for the Palestinian cause? And uh, be talking about an incident that happened. But basically, what everybody will be tuning into at this moment, this is a, we're taping here a few hours where the Israeli politicians can continue playing the Game of Thrones, the Israeli Game of Thrones, and where will it end? Who will be, will anybody say, or are we going back to elections? So that's the big question here in Israel, and nobody really has an answer, but we're going to try to give some insights on it. I think, Alex, you're very much involved in the political... And in, very interesting to yeah, hear what you have to say, yeah. Alex. <laughs> will they, won't they be... Who's elections. Gonna, are we going to sit on the, Is anybody going to sit on the throne right now, or are we going back to uh, elections? have a long answer and short answer. <laughs> well, short answer is I don't know and nobody yeah. knows. Nobody and knows. this is, I think, the decent and the honest answer. The most complex answer, I think that uh, Victor Lieberman goes until the end in his, uh, in his position. And what I see and I feel now, the, the ball is on the side of, the, uh, of Likud and the ultra-Orthodox parties who don't want to uh, compromise on a on the compromise that was but already achieved. But they already a compromise, so here's the question. It they, was they came a long way. They did, but everybody came a long on, way. On, on the, the, the big issue, which is apparently the issue of, of um, military service of the, of the ultra-Orthodox. And they, Haredi. very interesting, they made a compromise on something that nobody thought they would do. I, I believe it's because they're, uh, they understand that there's a change occurring within their own society, so the leadership is, is adapting to that, but they come a long way what does Lieberman actually want I think that what Lieberman wants is to stop the always rising appetite of the Haredi ultra-orthodox parties uh, every time they have power they demand more and more and okay. unfortunately but they're playing the political game and okay uh, you know it doesn't mean that it's right <laughs> and within the right-wing coalition within the right-wing block I don't see any other player who says them, stop, okay? And uh, unfortunately, Likud is uh, just, uh, is defeated, you know, to, to, to their demands. And uh, unfortunately, the Zionist Orthodox parties uh, follow the uh, Haredim uh, demands. And nobody within the right wing 
tells them to stop. Now, this is not only about the secular Israelis. This is, I think, about the interests of all Israel altogether, and definitely all the, you know, seculars and and traditionals and 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 religious as well. And I think that this issue of army service, and this is not only army service. This is also the the integration further in the uh, in the working force is crucial to Israel. We just saw yesterday the data that was released by the army, by the IDF, that slowly but surely the the number of those who serve go down and in, in general in Israeli society? In Israel in general Israeli society, but it goes down because primarily because of the number of because the ultra Orthodox society all the time is rising. But their percentage of service and working either uh, is in stagnation or doesn't rise. But if this is, will not change, our society will be at yes, least But, but years. the question is, since when Lieberman is the one that carries the flag uh, with, of moral and of ideological um, stands, he's never done that before. It seems here that it's maybe, maybe a bit of hate towards Benjamin Netanyahu and not so much standing on what he really... Yeah, I think it is personal. I think there's a lot of hatred between the two. And I think that now it's already a bit too late for him to back off because he's standing for what he believes, what we didn't really see so much in the last past year. But we just had elections. The question is, all right, his principles are nice. But But, but it's also, also when you look at the ultra-Orthodox, I have a very good friend that ultra-Orthodox Hasidei Gur, and he's working with in the society to bring the ultra-Orthodox to work and to go to the army. And I have non-religious friends teaching the math and English to the ultra-Orthodox, and it is things that are going in, but it won't pass with the, with the law. We saw what happened when Yael Lapid tried, tried to mm-hmm. pass the law. You have to, with that kind of society, do it slowly within. Now, you're working in the high-tech. There is a lot of representative, a lot of there's not women. A lot, no, there's not a lot of representative of ultra-Orthodox in the high-tech society, yet there are some, and it's becoming more and more. Right, but compared to what it was in the past. Exactly, if, exactly. If and they're very good at what they do because they know how to study because right. they have the ability to concentrate where the where the Younger secular right. also the secular population we, we don't have those methods I anymore also, and that's why they're very good at what they do i also want to add that i don't believe personally i don't believe that the real issue is about uh, serving the army First of all, because we know today that wars um, are not really, uh, we don't need a, a huge manpower to win wars. Wars are with uh, missiles today. Technology. And it's technology, exactly. And, and the IDF is, 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 is moving towards, it's uh, actually leading the, the armies in this, in this aspect. So making the Haredi, like force them to serve, it's only creating... Uh, uh, the, there are a lot of units of, of ultra-Orthodox in big learning... Persian, because they know how to study again, as mm-hmm. I said before. Well, and they're I the best at it, where the secular population, it takes them a year or two years to maybe start controlling the, the language. The older Orthodox take a few months. And it's the same with learning the language of Python. Um, that's It's a coding um, uh, language for the computer. And they're very, very good at it. And, and today there are so many cy- <coughs> sorry, cyber wars occurring on a daily basis where we 
just don't know about it, but it's actually happening against Israel, against Saudi Arabia, against the US, against many companies and and countries around the world. You and I looked into this a few years ago. We were looking into a project that we could do, and we were exposed to it for the first time, that how much the Israeli Air Force and the Israeli intelligence units are dependent on these young Yeshiva buchers because of their ability to pick up a language. Mm-hmm. And these are the yeshiva buchers that <laughs> yeah. aren't actually good at the yeshiva. <laughs> yeah. So think what would happen if the ones that are actually good, right. if they are involved so in society. So my friends, whatever you say, you just prove <laughs> that this position is not only right, this position is no, very, but, very necessary. But Daniela necessary. said something else. Daniela said, don't, don't do it, do it by, by law. law. Leave the, it's happening naturally. Isn't that the best No, no, it's happening because of people within, within the their society. society. Right, naturally. But naturally. It's not really naturally, but it is pushing it's them. It's in, in natural in their society, but it's, it's a natural inside. occurrence. Exactly. It's not something that's imposed upon them. That's what I mean by yep. that. But you must remember, you know, aside this issue, there were few issues that Lieberman demanded. This is not the okay. only one. But that's one that's leading this the, is the, the only media. one just that, yeah, but this is just the only one that was left to the end and was not resolved. All the other issues were resolved. So he's just standing on his position. That's all. But it's not only about that. This is about the security, about the winning in Gaza. And we will speak about that. This is about the issues of pensions to all the senior citizens of Israel, not only those uh, olim. And very unfortunately, you know, more I read, I see that all the media, unfortunately, all the media tries to, uh, uh, to, pr- to, to show that Lieberman thinks only about his electorate, only about, uh, you know, Olim, newcomers from the former Soviet Union. This is just false. They speak about pensions, think, minimum pension has for ma- everybody. Ma- makes r- Uh, bad choices in terms of communication because in the end if we go to elections and right. I agree with Daniela saying that he went basically too far to back down now but if we go to elections people will rem- remember this as he he made it happen and nobody wants to go to election do, so do that's the only thing that we'll remember how, how, do, we, how do we feel how do we feel not about fight for values we still, we no, still no. I think he should change his, his marketing uh, communication team we still team. don't have elections they do a terrible you know, in, in Israeli job. society in Israeli It ain't over until it's over. No, have, uh, this program is uh, broadcasted at 8 p.m. No, this is Another a podcast. Another four years right. is, is, is too much time to close everything. Okay, so let's speak next week. No, I agree. <laughs> we'll, no, be smarter. we'll be smarter no, next Danny, week. Yep. B- basically, I really agree with everything you say, Alex. I just say that um, in terms of PR, he does a bad job. And nobody hears about everything you said about pensions. and, and all. We all hear about the, Chari- the Haredim in the army that's 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 basically what we'll remember that this because that's a buzzword that the media the bu- uses and, yeah, and, and but, it doesn't it do justice to, to what's really needs, happening I, I think it's even too late now but he Very should have tried to move if to you the will discussion. read the newspaper that is lying now next to you it will never show the original genuine position yeah, but today we have today we have direct uh, like and if Facebook, you will read this newspaper which, which is, is lying Haaretz. next to us people can't see us we'll never yeah, also <laughs> will also never show the genuine right position that's why we have social media today. yeah exactly the same as Benjamin Netanyahu knows how to turn on the camera on his um, own page also Lieberman has he to should, to do that do his own page job. he had a page on, on social media for the elections I don't know if it yeah, continues yeah, right it now no, you're talking about that no I'm actually talking no, about his private pers- pri- so called private personal page of Benjamin Netanyahu where he broadcasts on social media yeah exactly okay, that's what I'm talking yes, about yes exactly so Lieberman can use that tool as well speaking to the people and telling them this is exactly why, why I'm he's standing fighting. and exactly. this is why yeah, I'm fighting do he doesn't no, do you, that you, right Alex he doesn't he have his own does he have a page on social media he has a page yes he does but Maybe, you know, I want to write something else. You know, maybe 
this is not the spin of Lieberman. Maybe this is the spin of Netanyahu or the ultra-Orthodox from other demands. You know, maybe because, you know, Gaza. Let's speak about Gaza. Mm -hmm. Let's speak about the Hamas and the rockets that were, you know, falling on Israelis and that we, that unfortunately Netanyahu doesn't do enough, uh, from my opinion. And when Lieberman demanded this, uh, 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 an operation and a plan that will... Uh, that will uh, change this situation uh, regarding v Gaza. Yeah, uh, Netanyahu didn't, you know, didn't agree. Maybe all this spin about this point of uh, the law of service of the orthodox is not Lieberman's spin, is, but uh, Netanyahu's spin because Netanyahu doesn't really want to show the uh, disagreement over the policy in Gaza. So he's he's putting the emphasis on this. Yes. You, we were talking before, and you, you didn't want to, but I'm still going to lead you to this, because one of our, what we want to achieve here is try to give some insights that, uh, that uh, our listeners don't get from anywhere else. And you had a very, it wasn't a theory. You had, um, I, I think when we were listening to you, you said what you think was what led to this crisis right now was something very natural and very humane, not so much political. And but personally, yeah, I think that, uh, that Netanyahu, this time during this negotiations had over confidence and he because really of the election results because yes because he you know uh, uh, because he won um, in a very very impressive way and he thought that at the last few hours everybody will scroll in and agree on everything he wanted and it doesn't happen you know here comes a party that has principles and doesn't compromise. Nobody loves it because it, you know, because after all, we want stability. Everyone wants stability. Right. But, but listen, you know, uh, this society is—I don't want to say the word divided. I don't like when we say that these really no, parties divided. We're divided. We're, it, it has we're different groups and different. Yeah. <laughs> we argue a lot. Yeah, we're Jews. You know, Jews. Uh, <laughs> you know, one Jew, as, three as opinions. Amos Oz right. said once, you know, that not only two Jews cannot agree on something, one Jew cannot agree <laughs> on something <laughs> with himself. Yeah, that's what's happening right now in the politics. Exactly. So, uh, so he was overconfident, and he thought that every well, everybody will just crawl in, you know, at the at the last moment, and 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 I think that this lesson that Lieberman now teaches him as a lesson of uh, more proper and more considerate approach to other partners. This is, uh, this is called hubris. He won the election. He thought that he can do whatever he wants right now. In politics, that doesn't happen. I think that he's also quite capable when it comes to negotiations. He's done this already before. He knows to bring the parties down onto their knees. He knows to do it in his terms. And I think he thought he would do the same right now. So I hope there won't be he elections. He overreached. And if there won't be elections, he actually managed to do it again. So he overreached right now? Yeah, that's true. But uh, And unfortunately, unfortunately, we also see this uh, situation where, you know, I, I don't want to have strong position on that, but there is, uh, uh, you know, many of us think that uh, the main interest that leads Netanyahu now is uh, his... Uh, um, his legal situation mm -hmm. and that his first well, that comes up a lot as well yeah and his first interest is the law that will provide him best position before the uh, the hearing and his uh, you know in his uh, sentence I, yeah and I think that when everybody of us see it when all his partners see it they don't like it I disagree. His supporters believe that he's being unjustly uh, and and some people could say they made up a law 
that only he seems to be violating, such as getting good coverage in the media, and it's applied selectively. The selective application of these laws is what's bothering a lot of people who may not support Bibi con- completely, but feel that this is uh, this is personal and not, and he's being persecuted. Yeah. Well, I guess we can summarize this here. We're today we're taping here in the afternoon, Wednesday afternoon. They have to reach a, uh, an agreement by what twelve midnight today. Um, Hopefully, we'll be smarter. Yeah, we'll we so, will we'll know. So here we can say, all right. So we, we have an assessment. We have an assessment tired. of why yeah. this why this kind this conflict and and uh, problem occurred. Uh, what the how is we resolved? We'll we'll know tomorrow, and uh, we'll be smarter. We I think we all agree. We don't we, want elections. We don't want elections, but uh, well, we'll have Who to deal with it. Who has the strength for that? I, I know. We, we've sort of been Tired happy. Of this. Yeah. So, but anyway, whatever happens, whether it's now or three months from now, there will, or five months, six months from now, there'll be an Israeli uh, government again. Um, and they'll have to deal with the, with the real issues and not the political issues. And one of them is the situation with Gaza. And this week there was an interesting article. It's not in English uh, yet, but I understand from the writer, Ron Prosor, those who, who, who know him, was our former ambassador, former ambassador to the United, to the US, uh, U- United, United Nations, Nations right. uh, ambassador to Britain, uh, one of the leading uh, director general of the Israeli Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And today he's with the uh, Abba Ibn Center, the head of the Abba Ibn chair at the uh, uh, Ben Chumi, the uh, IDC. IDC. See in in Herzliya, and he wrote an interesting article in uh, Ynet. Uh, he, t- he told me that this would be translated to English. In the meantime, it's just in Hebrew, and he talks about the fact that the, the government of Israel, and I think he, he says all governments right now, have no real policy when it comes to Gaza, and he says only fear. And he explains it that while the international community is signaling Israel, this includes Arabs, this includes the Russians, this includes the United, certainly the United States, they're signaling that they're behind us and that we have the backing to whatever military and political um, diplomatic results we need to bring to this situation, he claims that Israel has been closing its ears and not and closing its eyes and, and being reluctant to bring uh, a conclusion to I, the situation. I don't in, agree in that Gaza. it's fear. I think that Benjamin Netanyahu always chooses not to choose. If it's bombing, bombing Iran, if it's uh, going into war, he always chooses the other option that's time, taking the time destroying the Palestinian issue with time. But is it a, is it a strategy in itself? I, I, think I so. do think, I think it, it became a strategy. Yeah, but it's not. Also not deciding in, is a strategy. In military and terms, in like seeking, uh, the, the, the military and the, and the army is supposed to seek victory. Right now, I don't see that happening. Are they affecting him or is he affecting and now, them? And actually, for, I, I don't for think not, without going I don't back think it to has Lieberman, to do with the idea. If I think it has to do with Benjamin Netanyahu not deciding, deciding not to choose. And he's, he's treating the Palestinian issue by taking his time, letting them run away, pressuring them, pressuring them. But the same as the time brought us Trump, and that's great for Israel, time also brought us Obama. And it can and also it bring, bring us Sander, exactly. Sanders or after... Um, Bernie well, Sanders. After, yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's right. hope that not, but it can happen. Well, Daniel so, Pipes, uh, who's the president of the Middle East Forum, says very clearly that, he, that whoever replaces Trump, especially if it's a Democrat, um, they'll not be as moderate towards Israel him. and supportive as Obama was. They'll probably be much worse. So Israel has a very short time like frame. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So not deciding, uh, I agree with Prosol, it's not a good uh, policy nowadays. It may have been good, it m- but we now we really do have the support and we have to take that support and use it while we have it. I, I do think that uh, I agree uh, that it, 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 you, could call it, you can call it fear. 
in in terms you wrote an article also i wrote an article which is very close to that but from different angle is that we we should stop fearing yes fearing mm-hmm. from international pressure we should do whatever we believe in and whatever is good for us because there is no such thing as justice in the international arena nobody uh, thinks about justice of other player everybody thinks about his own justice and his own interest when we do need justice we need justice for ourselves within our society because we have to know and we have to believe that what we do is the right thing mm-hmm. the just thing because otherwise we will never fight all right so let me ask you let me ask you a question here and sort of in a way confines with what Daniela said before let's look at the situation right now the international situation with um, Netanyahu is always threatened that if we, there is no advancement in the negotiations Israel will be ostracized internationally I think we can all agree that our international situation is the best it's ever been in our history despite not conducting negotiations with the Palestinians that we were told um, if you look at this at the, at the staves at the stages and the steps that we're taking with the Palestinians um, look what we got because of not taking any definite and decisive action. Jerusalem is now the ca- recognized capital of the state of Israel by the United States and growing other countries because of the United States. The Golan Heights, Israel control over the Golan Heights has been recognized. Who knows what is going to happen with the Pipes plan? I'm saying I may play the devil's... The Trump's plan. The Trump's plan. I'm sorry because I know Daniel Pipes says that he's, he's opposed to it. But I'm saying here in this perspective, maybe... What Bibi is showing us is that not making definitive and, and, and decisive action maybe is helping Israel and advancing Sometimes Israel. it does. But in some situations, we do have to choose. Alex? I think that situation is not bad. Okay. Definitely not bad. And I think that, this, that the policies that were led by the prime minister uh, were successful. But it doesn't mean that the situation is as we want it to be. It's definitely point. better than 10 years ago, definitely much better than 20 years ago. Because we yet, stopped making the concessions that we've been making exactly, all these years. But yet it's not as it should be, because it, no, it should not be 700 rockets uh, right. falling or 500 rockets and and on one are, day. All the money that goes, and, and, and more and more. And it, 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 the situation is not as it should be in our northern border. The situation is not as it should be in within Jerusalem and within Judea and Samaria. So yes, it's good, but it's not good enough. You know, we have a very good uh, advertisement of, of some pension fund in Israel where we said, yeah, it's good, but it's not perfect. Yeah. We, you know, we Jews, we, you know, w- our biggest advantage and biggest disadvantage that we're never satisfied with what we have. Okay, well, even though, <laughs> even though the Torah you know, teaches us that, you know, what is Yudi? The Todah, the one that thanks for the situation that he has. But we always want better. We always want, you know, higher. The situation is good, but it should be much better. There should not be this kind of threat on Israel from Gaza without uh, without a, a solution. I just, I'll just add one thing. You said that we have the approval, let's say, like this of the U.S. and, mm-hmm. and the, let's say well, the, that's, the silence. That's, that's what uh, the Ron silence, is saying in his article. Uh, yeah, well, I think that it's it's not supposed to even be. I agree with Alex. It's not supposed to be uh, I- in the equation in the equation of our move or of not. Of what we do, of exactly. our choices. And I think we, we're wrong in taking this into account because we are tying our our hands up. And I agree with Ron Prosori when he says that we don't seek victory anymore, and it's true. We don't. We seek appeasement, like Daniela said. 
Well, we'll see. This is going to be left. We were all hoping that this summer we'll start you know, addressing these issues you again. Know, concerning but the time, you know, time is working for uh, time is on our side. You know, because with every day and every year, Israel becomes much more powerful and our opponents are mu- much more... But we don't take advantage of that. All right, let me, and we don't take advantage. Let me use this. Let me use what you're saying. I uh, just wanted to remind you, listening to the Middle East Forum uh, Israel Victory Podcast, a joint project with Galei Israel radio station in their beautiful studios in Jerusalem. Um, taking up on what you just said here, I want to move on to... Really, the, the question here, and there was an interesting article this past few days uh, in, in Tablet Magazine, the American magazine, um, by H- Howard Jacobson. And he's describing a situation where he's sitting in a restaurant in Soho in uh, New York, and he hears somebody yelling, free Palestine. And he, after a while, he realizes that this is, remark was thrown in his direction. Um, by somebody who against, I didn't noticed him and knows that he's a supporter of Israel, and he says he's a Zionist. And how many of us have been have encountered and have seen these kind of situations um, where you have these old hippies standing around and some younger, usually Middle Eastern looking people with a bunch of people with uh, the kafia on them, uh, social justice warriors and and modern uh, days. Yeah, the, these modern warriors that taking on this this battle. Um, most people walk around, whether it's in, in campus, on campuses or on the streets in uh, Europe. Daniela, you were in Ireland. Yeah, in I was Ireland. in Ireland and I used <laughs> to go into Trinity College and, and all the colleges there and I saw it in, with yeah. my own eyes. It's so it's most of the students. Beautifully stu- scary. Uh, yeah, most of the students are ignoring them. Most of, but you have that, that group of very vocal people standing out there. What he was talking about was describing old hippies yelling in free Palestine. And, and he asked this question after describing the whole situation and the condition going there. And this was very interesting to me. He said, if the truth be told, all the hand-wringing and demonizing by generations of pro-Palestinian activists has ameliorated the plight of Palestinians not one bit. And by pr- promising nothing short of total victory provided the Palestinians stay obdurate and concede nothing to the racist Zionist entity. And he says that they've consigned those who claim to care about it to perpetuity of a sullen and fruitful resistance. And I just want to add that last week, I'll just c- complete this and ask you, last week we had the Eurovision contest here, 182 million people watched for, from around the world and Europe for four hours, the beauty and the success of Israel, and all the Israelis it was were wor- so fun. And all and all Israelis were worked up over was those two seconds, which with a, a bunch of weirdos from Iceland stood with the Palestinian scarves. But yeah. that wasn't even a victory because in the end they did participate. <laughs> <laughs> they did participate. Exactly. So, it's so the it's question only, is, you said it. You said it very well. It's a vocal move. Right. It's they are really like being heard but they are very loud but they don't do anything and the BDS but movement mm. and, and, and but you can economically you don't see any results in right. their BDS mm-hmm. and thank God for that you don't see it in the, the amount of people that visit and the tourists that visit Israel each it's year only ri- risen it's only rising even the own Arab countries are in business right? are with not us exactly. deep in business with us I, I purchased something this week in a supermarket in Israel that was made in Saudi Arabia yeah but it's more than <laughs> that all the high tech yeah. industry have uh, they, they buying from us all the time. So that's so fine, they're loud and that's th- No, that's great. It's actually, they're more difficult to sell in Britain than to sell to the Arab countries today. Yeah, for uh, Israel. For Israel. Right. They, they, they boycott Israeli products there. No, it's difficult for them to actually purchase because of the BDS and because of the international pressure. But saying that, while I was living in Ireland, in the campuses, when I went to these uh, BDS activities, usually there weren't a lot of Israelis there at all speaking against. But also you could see that there weren't so many people that were interested. (coughs) Sorry, as you said before, 
No, they don't care. Yeah, they, they just didn't care. And and when I wanted to put material about Israel, these BDS activists went and threw it away and said that I'm not allowed to. So the people from side actually came to me afterwards and said, okay, we, we do want to hear what you have to say. Mm. Because their violent ways of pushing people away from them. Yeah, Alex? I just want to connect it to the uh, claim of Iran. You know, we are superpower today in 2019, but we behave like a small, poor, insulted, statal <laughs> child that, you know, takes everything personal. You know, these, uh, these people, they, they're not constructive. And we take time to convince them. They don't want to be convinced. Right, we're wasting okay? our time with them. And this, all this advocacy, you know, I was, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dan was in uh, uh, Ireland. Yep. And I was in New York in uh, Second Intifada on campuses. And I always, uh, you know, tell people once I came, we brought a delegation of Israelis, uh, uh, you know, a former Olim from Ethiopia, very successful group, uh, you know, lawyers and, 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 and politicians. And I came to the Black Students Union on campus. And we're sitting, and I, you know, initiated some uh, evening, you know, our guys come and girls and they show how to be, you know, a black-colored Jew in Israel and everything. And I asked this leadership of the Black Students' Union, what do you think about Israel? And what they answer? We don't think about Israel. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and and so. I said, thank you so much for your honesty. You know, we give the opponents and we give those who um, criticize us too much of attention. And we give them a stage as well. We give them more stage they desire and more stage that they need because, because you know, a person like that doesn't even, I think, you know, deserve uh, space and attention. attention in magazine. We should be, uh, as, 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 as you said, we have to be more, uh, uh, we have to sell good products. You know, if Japan and United States have so good, uh, so productive relationship uh, as a result of uh, economic peace after they were bigger enemies, right. even bigger enemies than we and the Arabs. And, and within Europe, there is no two countries that were not in war right. many times, one with each other. So uh, it, should be, it, it should be economy, it should be trade. We should do things like Eurovision, which was amazing, and I agree. Mm -hmm. And not concentrate, you know, nobody will be convinced with our truth because our, nobody's truth doesn't interest anyone else. We should, we need our truth but for ourselves and good products and, 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 and we something do that. other need. And we do, then we have But that. here, here I, I, I want to address this also. We had a, a Eurovision contest 20 years ago and we had one now. And I'm, I was involved then at that time with uh, my work in the prime minister's office. And I'm saying we look at where Israel was in 1999 compared to now, 2019, and the Palestinian issue, where was it then? And th this was in the big first years of Oslo, when we were the ones who made the con concessions. We were the ones who gave them stuff. And instead of using that, and this is why we're, we're addressing the, the Trump plan, and, and, and saying very clearly that if you continue with the mistakes of the past, this is not going to advance peace because peace has not gotten closer. The life for, well, Israelis, it hasn't, it was uncomfortable and, and, and lives were lost. And, but w has it advanced anything by them completely supporting the Palestinians and not letting them make an inch and all these, you know, I make fun of it's, them by calling them old hippies. Gives, it only gives them false hope. Right. 
to continue to fight. Instead of But accepting Israel. They have, they have lost the war. Now here, there are And those. And it also seems that they are a bit tired. You can see the, the Palestinians the in the videos, they are tired. But here I want to take this, and, and when talking, there are things happening, because... But it the nurtures the hate. The people, the, yeah, the people that live here, and well, no, it's actually very good what you're saying, because it fits in with um, the final topic we're going to be talking about right now. Um, Sarah Zobi, who most of us know her, and um, she's an Israeli citizen, Muslim. Um, many of my friends are friends with her on Facebook. She is this new generation of his proud Muslim Israelis, Who she just be says that she's Zionist. And she's a Zionist because she believes in the state of Israel and how it benefits all sides here. And the life for Arabs in the state of Israel, especially Christians, but certainly for Muslims, is much better than for their lives for individuals any place else in the Middle East today. Mm -hmm. And so what is happening here, she, during the uh, Ramadan holiday and the Passover holiday in Israel, um, there was a conference held in Hebron. We won't say the name. She, she doesn't say reluctant to say the name of the person who ran it, so I won't repeat it here. But she was at a conference that was held, a trade conference in cooperation with Jews, Muslims, and the U.S. Embassy in Israel. And she spoke there. She said it was a very good feeling. We were cut off from the harsh realities from the outside. And, but instead of this being, and this was very successful, and there were a lot of people joining it, and you see a lot and of a these. And a hopeful event. And a hopeful event. But she says what happened was, that the Palestinian Authority was not happy about it. And she said that Abu Mazen, this person that these supporters of the Palestinians so hold and revere, he issued a demand to murder the Arabs who participated in the, in the meeting, including her, who's an Israeli citizen, and the Arab host who is from Hebron itself. And she said this is the true pay face of the Palestinian Authority and the Palestinian leadership. I think we have to, to notice two things here. The first thing, that there are Arabs amongst us, Israeli Arabs and also Palestinians that do want peace and do want to live in coexistence. We could see that also in the beginning of the 19th century century with the massacre in Hebron. There were 18 Palestinian well, Arabs, um, Arab families that hid the Jews while there was the massacre against them. So there are always are those min that minority that does want peace and does want to live here. But, But we do have to also notice that the society as a whole doesn't, and they crush the individuals that do want the peace. And that's why we can't trust the Palestinians or that we can put our hand in their faith, faith in their hands. But, but here again, this is in Israel, where there is no Palestinian leadership, except for the members of Knesset who don't represent anybody except for themselves. They're voters, but they're not that kind of leadership that affects the thinking of the public. Here you have a much greater and stronger movement of Arabs who are becoming part of the Israeli society. You know But in the Palestinians, I mean, yeah, Abu Mazen, yes, their yes, leader, know, is threatening them. But you know, I, sure, go on. <laughs> yeah. you know why it happens? It's because their, exist, their mere existence, existence sorry, of Sarah Zouabi and like, it undermines the credibility right. of Abu Mazen and the PA. And the supporters of actually, the Palestinians. Because they, they actually show that represent they the, the, the hope that it is to that for the Arabs to become part of Israel, part to of accept the, the victory society, of Israel. That they already accepted the Israeli existence and, and the Israeli as a the victory, as you said. And, and they benefit from it and they see it. And it actually, like I said, it undermines the PA and its logic of perpetuating the war against Israel. But going back to this thing about the, from the tablet magazine, it shows that those supporters of the Palestinians who are very dogmatic and very strict and very... They don't understand. They don't want that, to. Uh, yeah, that they're not helping peace and not advancing peace in any way. Alex, do you want to? I think that Palestinians are victim of a very long propaganda 
um, that try to you know put in their minds that we are we Jews and we Israel are the problem for everything and they you know it will take generations for them to concentrate on building on something they can have other than you know blaming us and killing us for you know everything to happens to them they're you not know, even they, in that state they yet. think they think that if the weather is bad is because you know Jews uh, <laughs> did something to, to the blame. weather yeah and unfortunately we see that we see that in 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 this letter I think that they must understand that the war against Israel is pointless they def- they were defeated in this war this war doesn't have any future and then they have to switch all their effort all their money all their intention to propaganda for building something and not destroying something but it will happen only when they will understand and that uh, fighting Israel is is and by pointless. the way the Arab countries have already more or less accepted that well only for now because it's in their interest to accept it because of the Shiite Sunni war well, going as long on as Israel is strong it will always be it, in there exactly but yeah it's still for now all right well that's uh, most of the topics I want to end this as usual we want to end on something positive uh, we had a long week here we're all expecting the um, what will happen with the political situation I'd like to ever to, to end this day today thinking about something positive what what do you like about Israel what do you think was something nice that we would like our listeners to to hear about or know about uh, that happened or you encountered this week in Israel the universities what happened in the universities I actually didn't like my uh, BA but, <laughs> <Your bachelor's laughs> degree, yes, but yes. I'm receiving my MA this week oh, and I love the TLV University and I think that the Academy here in Israel even though it's a lot of time bias um, it's very good and it's high it's you, high you, standards you got your master's degree of, um, in what At di- uh, security and diplomacy Psh. yeah very <laughs> impressive um, but yeah. it is it is a place of light for me and I do think that they gave me ama- gave me an, an amazing education Alex you know I have many things to say but I would like to say very very simple things you know my daughter you know this week said few new words (laughs) and how old is she she's one year and (laughs) ten months and by the way yesterday she was uh, ten months (laughs) (laughs) and this so so this is like every day every minute is the most uh, touching thing to see her uh, Born in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. my my kids as well. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I will I will tell this every week. <laughs> Rachel, oh me, it was more like personal events this week. Uh, first of all, my family from France came oh. to visit, so it's really nice to see so them. So there's some Jews who remain in France. <laughs> really? Yeah, actually, yeah. I love Paris. <laughs> I love it too. I I love less French people lately, but uh, <laughs> that's for you know the European uh, elections went very yeah. really well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Anyway, so that that's a personal note, and as well, I participated to uh, the wedding of my cousin yesterday. Oh, she was beautiful, Mazalto. and when we and when I think about it, she did she did, she made Aliyah and she married an Israeli. Oh, is the and you know it's the creation of a new new generation. It's like people it's ask we, you know we always have that Ashkenazi Sephardic thing, and the people ask me, my kids ask me, how about what am I? And they look like European Ashkenazi kids, <laughs> but they're half uh, a partial Afghani American and uh, European. I tell them they're Israeli. 
Israelis. And I'll end on my um, nice note was a happy thing. My son yesterday, they reached a point in, in his education where they received their first Bible, the Tanakh, yesterday in a Kitarev? ceremony. No, he's in Kitavav before oh. uh, graduating to um, high school or uh, mid-school. And they received high it. High school. Uh, yeah, and he's, yeah. he received his first he's Bible. He's a big boy now. Yeah, big boy. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that here in the state of Israel, receiving what is our heritage, and that to me is True. the nice thing in Israel, and the fact that we have that ability to do that, something that for generations of Jews could never believe right. in. You're listening to the Middle East Forum's Israel Victory podcast, a joint project with the Galei Israel uh, radio stations in Jerusalem. Thank and you for listening. And the Middle listening. East Forum. And the Middle East Forum. I said it. I said oh, it's said a it? joint uh, venture. Um, thank you for listening to us here. Thank you, Rochelle. See you thank next you, Daniela. Thank, thank you, Alex. And, thank you. Uh, I'm Daniel Seaman signing off here from the beautiful city of Jerusalem. Thank you for listening. <laughs>